dreams for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. You know that we're on this radio station uh, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We stream live at those times. And uh, then we have the podcasts that are available. They're on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a bunch of other places that folks are actually reposting some of our interviews and playlists to. I want to thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. Uh, It goes a long way to help me to expand this program and its reach. And uh, also um, expand reaching our guests and their websites. You know, when you click on their name in the player... Um, or you click on that little grocery cart in the playlist for 2020, uh, you uh, go to their website, and then you can continue your evolutionary process. You can continue growing and evolving and transforming yourself into the person that you would like to become, uh, that you were always meant to be, and we certainly hope that you will take advantage of that. And if you like what you're hearing on these programs... We have a PayPal and Patreon account that's available for your security as well as ours uh, that uh, you can support us financially. And if you can do that, we are thankful for that. I want to thank those who have and I want to thank those who will support us in that regard. And uh, again, you can go to uh, the PayPal or Patreon accounts that are on the that are on the uh, uh, on the website. And we certainly hope that you will uh, you will go there. I uh, am so thankful that you have joined us here on the program because uh, I think that you're going to uh, I think you're going to thoroughly enjoy what we're about to uh, bring to you. Uh, we are uh, talking today with a very special guest who uh, we're going to get into the the health and well-being, if you will, of ourselves uh, from a very specific and particular uh, point of view. And I certainly hope that you will uh, uh, that you will uh, uh, be with us at this time and uh, encourage you to uh, to to uh, join my special guest here on the program. And um, I'm going to tell you, first of all, about the work that she does uh, in the area of health and wellness. This is something that is extremely important right now, and I'll tell you why. I have been hearing uh, on uh, uh, numerous occasions about some of the ways in which we can overcome the situation that we find ourselves in, folks. Um, And what we find ourselves in is a situation where we have so depleted uh, our immune systems in particular we are so vulnerable today to just about anything that uh, could come our way uh, from the minor things that our bodies were originally designed just to take care of, and we would have probably not even known the difference, to something major. Now, obviously, broken legs and uh, uh, burst appendix and uh, head injuries and those kinds of things, that's a whole other area, Okay. But we're going to talk about um, what I thought was the acronym for a rather uh, profane phrase that you would hear in, uh, in blue comedy. Turns out that MTHFR stands for something I can't even pronounce, and I'm going to have my guest uh, share the, share the, uh, 
the spell the the pronunciation of it, uh, but it is something that uh, she has dealt with and that she is going to share with us here on the program. I want to welcome to our program today a woman who's going to share with us some incredible things, actually uh, keys to basic health. And uh, it's going to help those of us uh, like myself who are fast approaching the age of 60. Uh, Christy uh, Turnabeni, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Thank you. Now, when we started, when I started the program and I started talking about this I, I, if I'm correct, it's a gene. Is that correct? M-T-H-F-R. Yes. And can you tell what did that? What does that acronym stand for? Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. Okay. So now that we have that out of the way, and everybody knows what that is, ha ha ha. Um, let's actually define what that is, why it's important, and am I correct in my uh, assertion that this is directly related to uh, the ability of our body's immune system to do the job that it was designed to do. It's connected in a very real way. Is that correct? It's um, in, yes, it's very important, especially with people who are born with this. And I think it becomes more important as we age. Okay. So first of all, Tell us about this this gene and what it does under normal circumstances. If you don't have the gene, it takes in folate from various sources and processes it into methionine, which is um, better for your glutathione and your mitochondria running efficiently and giving you energy and better health. But if you don't have it, then you don't process your folate properly and it turns into homocysteine instead of methionine, which causes inflammation and a host of horrible diseases. Wow. Okay. So as far as far as far as uh, this particular gene is this one, uh, is, is this gene, um, what, uh, susceptible to or uh, easily manipulated through gene therapy, gene splicing, this new thing they call um, uh, crisping, uh, and so forth? Is that something that can, so to speak, fix this? Because that seems like the solution to just about everything. We want to get rid of, for example, they, they seem to have been able to uh, eliminate sickle not- cell anemia. I have not heard of anything for this yet. Okay. So let's talk about how you found out about this. I knew back in 2003 that I needed more B vitamins. So I started out with almond milk. I started out with uh, processed cereals that were supplemented with nutrients and stuff the more i researched this and the more i didn't start or continue to feel better was because mthfr people cannot support their bodies with manufactured folic acid or manufactured riboflavins from 
sources. You have to eat it in your food. This whole aspect of health and well-being is a serious, a serious issue for us, especially in this. Um, what shall we call it? The age of COVID nineteen. Um, yes, um, it, it keeps your immunity strong if you know what your body needs. Okay. It keeps your immunity strong if you don't give your body what it doesn't need. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and my understanding is that part of the problem that we have uh, today uh, with those, as a matter of fact, there was this, um, I heard about this report that came out of New York where the majority of deaths in this country so far have occurred. And they tested all of the, the, the bodies at that time of those who had passed. 99% of them actually expired from underlying conditions. Correct. Those underlying conditions existed probably, and help me to, to and again, I, I know you don't know about this report, but in terms of just in the general health and welfare of our nation's people, uh, these underlying conditions had these people lived healthier lifestyles years ago, they never would have contracted these underlying conditions and subsequently would not have died. That their immune systems would have right. taken care of the virus and it would they would have suffered maybe a little, you know, inconvenience in bed for a few days to a week. And then they're up and around, just like usual with, say, the influenza. Well, I hope so. But since MTHFR can cause diabetes... Um, cancer, mm -hmm. heart problems. Um, it's important that we feed our bodies what they need, especially to prevent the obesity factor. Right. Okay. So as far as um, this process, what what is, as you have discovered it, what is the, um, the process that you have discovered, the uh, the the keys, as as is spoken about in in the work that you have uh, created, the book that you have created, to to solve this problem. Well, um, it's important to eat protein and vegetables together. And blood type A's don't do well combining their vegetables and fruits in the same meal. But the most important part is probably finding your best proteins. Because I found that turkey is better than chicken and lamb is probably better than beef. And so adjusting to these and creating recipes that are palatable because not everybody likes lamb mm -hmm. <laughs> was important. And um, I found it through Facebook people who posted different things online. I love the Facebook groups and this is where I found a lot of information about what I know. Well, keys to basic health. Uh, you you have written this book. How long did it take you to put this together? I started this book in 2009. And I thought I knew everything I knew until recently when I subscribed to other doctors' lists and said, oh, this is why I like this food and this is why I like this support for my glutathione. I went... Wow, I love this information. So at last I had a complete compilation of what is effective for health. 
Well, uh, my guest is uh, Christy Turnabeni, and she has written a book called two, Keys 2. And this is interesting. You have uh, keys and then number two, basic health. Proactive strength strategies for uh, proactive strategies for uh, healthy aging, especially for those with MTHFR. What are the statistics uh, that, as far as you are aware, of how many people uh, in a per- uh, by percentage of the, say, the U.S. population have this? I believe that up to 40% of the population has some form of this, whether it be homozygous, heterozygous, or just one. I believe that it can affect you somehow or another. What's your area of expertise in regards to this? Well, I have a medical technology degree, and I know that antigens and antibodies can react, and therefore when they react, they can either be good for us or they can cause inflammation and pain. You also have someone... Uh, within your area of, at this particular point in time, sequestration or quarantine, however you want to phrase it, uh, who has been quite instrumental in in supporting you and helping you through this process of understanding and putting this into uh, uh, as much layman's terms as possible. Sequestering? <laughs> I, know. I have a friend. I have a friend who I graduated medical technology school with who went through the same process with me uh-huh. and listened to my complaints. And she went through on her way, working her way through the program. And she um, normalized her A1C. And I figured out how to strengthen my bones. And um, we worked through this together. So she contributed a chapter to the book. Well, I was actually referring more to your PhD biochemist husband. Oh, my husband. <laughs> but we <laughs> need to talk husband, about her, too. My husband said that there is no way you can take a pill and insert it into the Krebs cycle or the or the glutathione cycle. You can't just load it in and have it help your system. You have to have it in food so it is chelated properly so that it can be absorbed. Chelation is a phrase that I heard... Many years ago, describe that to us, will you? Chelation comes in a form, usually a hexagonal form, where it's inside so your body can notice it as normal and absorb it. Whereas, like taking a calcium pill or something like this, your body just goes, uh-uh, I'm not letting that in, and it goes right through. Either that or you take too much, and it's this in your arteries and causes the plaque. So this is why I tell people to eat food. (laughs) But eat food that supports the body, not diminishes it. And unfortunately, uh, there's a phrase I hear quite often as far as the uh, the grocery store. Uh, If you want to eat healthy foods, shop from the ends of the store. Stay out of the middle. Yes, um, I do occasionally for my husband buy processed foods, but... They have different stuff in them now. It's not just plain potato chips. It's, it's potato stuff with broccoli and spinach. And <laughs> well, that's not bad. But anyway, mostly. But I gravitated more towards leeks and kale 
and collards and spinach from carrots and corn. Because mm-hmm. carrots and corn are very high glycemic and diabetes runs in my family. Oh. Okay. Well, I was told by my mother that high blood pressure runs in a family, and I was diagnosed with high blood pressure several years after I moved to Santa Barbara. Now, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I had no problems. I found out recently there's a gene for blood pressure because a friend asked me to take a genetics test, Mm -hmm. and that test told me that blood type A's and blood type O's should eat artichokes. So I do. Oh, my wife loves artichokes, loves making them. And when she makes them really well, um, I I mean, they're just great. Uh, The the fun slash frustrating part, of course, is uh, being able to eat the heart because you have to cut out all that fibrous stuff. Because that's not good for Well, you. I just buy the hearts in the can. Oh, <laughs> you cheat. And I don't eat a whole can at a time because that can really turn my digestion up. So to control it and not overdo it, I eat three little quarters a day. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so uh, now now I like, you know, of course, peeling the leaves off, scoop, you know, and with my teeth scooping off that end. I, I jokingly say that whoever... Uh, whoever uh, first decided to uh, eat an artichoke must have really, really been hungry. <laughs> because I well, don't know. I guess, the whole, I guess the whole artichoke would not deliver as much as a whole can. Um, if you send me the recipe, I would be glad to try it because I really don't know how to cook them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well... I have to say that it's 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 delicious. I gotta tell you, uh, we used just uh-huh. a little of the organic. I think it's uh, either olive oil mayonnaise or, uh, but it's whatever it is that we use. It's usually organic, and that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. What is your feeling about organics in 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 our diets today? It, and and it came into vogue maybe fifteen twenty years ago, and yet. There will be farmers who will tell you, going back to the 40s, 50s, uh, before the 60s, that they were growing organic. They just didn't call it that because that's all there was. Yeah. Tell me um, about of your course, perspective. I'll, I'll go back to my biochemist husband who says that eating organically is not that important. <laughs> Except, um, you know, you have to wash your strawberries. You have to wash your grapes. You have to wash your apples. But buying, spending money, extra money for organics is not really necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and of course, multi-level programs with um, supplements will tell you that you can't get enough from your food. But I found that I can get enough from my food. Okay. Well, that's one of the arguments that I have had in regards to organics that you can slap a label on anything, call it whatever you want, and until you get caught, you can market it. And we had a strawberry farmer here in the on the South Coast who got caught. Um, and that's one of the things that I've always been concerned about. Let me ask you from a, 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 a more energetic perspective. 
It's been said by many of my guests that, you know, everything is energy. Science has basically proven that everything is energy. Everything has its own vibration. Our cells, they vibrate and so forth at different rates and on and on and on. The earth itself, if you can find a quiet place, not easy to do, but let's just say you can, and you listen really hard, you can actually hear the hum of the earth. You know, you can maybe even feel it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't worry about eating organic strawberries because I don't even eat strawberries anymore. Okay. Um, I get my vitamin C from pineapple instead. And the reason for that is because, like I said, some foods are good for people and some foods are not so good for people. And sometimes if you want to maintain a weight or you want to digest well, you need to pick the ones that work for you best, mm-hmm. not just because, oh, everybody says eat them because they're healthy. That is another interesting statement you make because it it <laughs> everybody's trying to tell you um, what you should and shouldn't eat, right? Right. I mean, they're saying eat strawberries, eat blueberries, eat peaches, eat oranges. No. I'm low carb. When I eat too many carbs, I hurt. So to prevent hurting, I limit my carb intake so that I can balance my proteins with my low glycemic high fiber carbs, which are mostly salad, romaine, onions, um, kale. And that's about all my system can tolerate without hurting. Hmm. Well, I know that that it is it can get really confusing too, um, uh, Christy, because we we hear these reports, and I remember back in the eighties and nineties, you it was like every week you heard a, a report about uh, pasta or coffee or what eggs. Uh, let's take <laughs> eggs for example. In one week. Eggs were great. They were good for you. No problem. The next week they were bad. Then the following week they were good. And it went back and forth, back and forth. Okay. I'll tell you why I limit my eggs. Okay. Because I need at my age more glutathione precursors. So I gravitate toward yogurt. Oh, okay. I like yogurt. Yeah. You like plain or uh, how, what, are, what are your feelings as far as uh, 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 flavored yogurts and that kind of thing do you mix fruits in there or do you buy them pre-flavored do you like I them mix plain? plain greek yogurt with pineapple and i eat prunes and it's not just for digestion it's to help my bones mm-hmm. and figs which have folate and magnesium well so far you have listed uh of fruits that i really really do like uh, I really do. Um, matter of fact, I was introduced to figs in particular uh, at my grandmother's out in Florence, Arizona. She had this big old fig tree uh, right up at the end of the driveway. And we would go out there when we were there for two weeks vacation as kids and just pick them right off the tree. And now I've been told you can just eat them as is, but we would peel them. I mean, it was just what we did. And then, of course, we gave the peels to the chickens, which she had as well. Oh, my gosh. They were just sweet as can be. Um, do you feel that you've, you've heard about a lot of the, uh, the allergies, especially the peanut allergy that kids get? And I've heard of a treatment or a therapy, if you will, where you start introducing very small amounts of peanut butter, for example, yeah. to a child's diet. If they, if they, let's say they've had an allergic reaction to a peanut butter sandwich, 
you start introducing just tiny little amounts and you keep adding to it so that the body, so to speak, either builds up a tolerance or begins to understand that this is a, this isn't a bad That's thing. That's because for it's so common in a child's diet okay. that they try to desensitize them. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even though I am a blood type that can eat peanuts, they're not recommended for all blood types. In fact, they're very high in fat, so I don't even eat those anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, there's so much more to talk about in regards to all of this, but let's talk a little bit about um, the seasons and cycles of the various foods, and then the regions where some of these foods are grown. Um, for example, uh, there are certain foods that are not indigenous to certain parts of this country, in particular. So they have to be shipped in. And I wonder what your thoughts are on only eating the foods that, let's just say, grow in your area. Naturally, organically, if you will, or not. But um, because the body well, needs that, that turnover, so to speak, of different foods. It's like the body is like a filter. And you need luckily, to... I can get pineapple year-round. It comes from Hawaii and Costa Rica. Okay. Luckily, I can get romaine lettuce year-round. So that's good. Okay. So I don't worry about the plums, the pears, the peaches, because I'm a low-carb. I don't eat stuff like that. Okay. So the food I eat, I can find year-round. Right. And I, I understand that. Uh, and if you lived in Hawaii, you could certainly have it. Your pineapple, for example, year-round, you wouldn't have to have it shipped in. But there was a time when we couldn't do that. That wasn't something that was done. I mean, because we didn't have, and I'm going back thousands of years, of course. And I don't well, know. Well, that's how, probably why we all live longer now. I don't know. Th- okay, <laughs> that, I was just curious as to your thoughts in that regard to eating the seasonal foods that you can grow. Uh, and and having allowing the body so that you're not putting the same thing in all the time. Uh, mm. Doesn't the body? Uh, I don't want to say get tired of, um, but isn't it well, possible to overdo it with certain certain foods? If that's you, what my husband thinks, because okay. I was eating salmon every night, and he wanted to go me to go have my mercury tested. Well, I kind of grew out of that salmon every night into something else, so. I mean, you can change, and um, I don't think that it's going to be that toxic that you can't, your body can't clear itself of this, whatever you're eating. Mm-hmm. But if I feel good eating what I eat, and I change a little bit, and I don't feel good, then I go back to eating what I feel good eating. So you're and so you're an advocate then of uh, what what are, what are referred to as comfort foods uh, to an extent. Comfort foods for me, for but you. it's different for all people. Each one is it's different. Not just, it's not for everybody. It's just right. for me, and it's different for all people. That's why I wrote the book, mm-hmm. because people are all different. Right. No, I understand that, and it is, uh, and that's another aspect, too. Certainly, that's the reason why there's such a plethora of different types of, let's say, apples. What was it? I saw a story on a new apple that they developed. It was an orange <laughs> An orange apple. I don't know why they made an orange apple, but they did. 
Uh, and I know that there are other hybrids, if you will. You know, you take uh, they 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 will do splicing in to one plant with another and so forth. And they'll they even do hybrids or I don't know if it's done with genes or how it's done uh, where they will actually create new fruits or vegetables, uh, that kind of thing. What are your thoughts well, that about leads that? leads to do we want to eat GMO food? Okay. And a lot of us are of the thought that no, we do not. Uh-huh. So we want to go back to the old heirloom series of mm-hmm. food. Okay. Yeah. So what is uh what is the gist overall of your book in regards to optimal health and of course you're you're dealing with folks what over 50 over 60 what where does where does this start for the aging process or does this start from birth because from even (laughs) from the moment the two cells come together we're aging well if i knew what i knew at birth i probably would have eaten better but it just really started coming into focus for me at age 46 now my friend sally in the book she started at 58 so it's different for people in different ages. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just I just trying to uh, to get a handle on uh, on this process. Oh, by the way, my husband's eighty three, and he has just now decided to eat some of the food I cook. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, now, <laughs> is that uh, that unusual? That I mean, he has his diet. And you have yours. Well, he was raised Italian. So he's raised on tomato sauce and spaghetti and tomato sauce and noodles. And it's just, I can't do tomatoes as an Asian. Um, So we had to go our separate ways a while back. And he was upset that I didn't cook the way he liked to eat. But then when his digestion started giving him trouble, he said, okay, maybe I'll try your soup. And um, of course, he raved about the soup, how well it works. Mm. So I would take it that uh, you are a good cook. I am a different cook than I used to be. Okay. Because I used to cook all Asian food, which has soy sauce in it. Mm -hmm. Then I found out soy sauce has wheat in it. And it caused me issues too. So I said, okay, no more Asian food. (laughs) Hmm. Well, we limit it is what we do. Right. He eats it and I don't. So you, you're a, a firm believer then, it sounds to me like, in uh, something my father used to tell me, eat, drink, and be merry in moderation because nobody gets out of this world alive, uh, and that you have to really find what works best for you. Are you familiar with the technique of uh, kinesiology? I've heard of kinesiology, and I guess you can hold something in your hand, and if you dro- your hand drops, then it's not good for you, but... It's, it's really, I guess if that's the way you can discern what works for you, that's good. Mm-hmm. I needed a book because I was at wit's end, like listening to all of what's healthy and what's not and saying, okay, where do I start? Mm. Interesting. And that's a good question. Yeah. Where does one start? Um, how does one know? That this particular gene, this MTHFR, that's how I'm going to refer to it, uh, ha- ha- is affecting them and, and the way that they are metabolizing their food and um, their immune well, system and so forth. Some of the people on Facebook noticed that a lot of their families have Lou Gehrig's disease. 
You can notice if your family has a history of Parkinson's disease. There's a list um, that Dr. Ben Lynch allowed me to put in my book of like the 40 different diseases that are caused by this gene. Wow. And I thought it was very interesting because I was surprised by some of the things like multiple sclerosis and all kinds of things that can be caused by this gene. So if you have a history of this in your family, I would certainly read this book. Now, this gene um, is not necessarily affected by the things that we eat because this is something that's there from birth. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you? But as I aged, I started having pain and digestion issues. Mm-hmm. So God was very kind to me, giving me this, so I knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Because now I found out it runs in my grandmother's side of the family, and a lot of them have Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's. And I've had two cousins die before the age of seventy. Mm. And yet some people would actually say to you in that regard, well, 70, that's pretty good. They've lived a pretty good life. And yet nowadays we've got my, my parents, my dad is 89 this year. My mom is 86 and they're doing well. They're doing great. My dad slowed down a little, but he's still mobile. He's still getting around. Um, So I guess that's one of the things that I'm just curious about as to, um, what is your perception of what our longevity ought to be? How long has God wanted? How long does God want us to actually live uh, here on this planet before we, you know, before well, we move on? Well, that's the thing with pain and digestive issues. I thought I was done at forty-six, mm. and to overcome these and say, okay, maybe I can live till my mom, who's ninety-three, who was ninety-three. Or my aunts and uncles who were all 93 when they died. I don't know. But the goal was to outlive my husband who's 17 years older than me. <laughs> well, I have a goal also. I've shared on this program many times. In 1994, 95, I was uh, interviewing relatives at a family reunion. Getting stories about my great-grandmother whose birthday we were there celebrating. And she is from Italy. Uh, Her husband, I should say, is from Italy, Uh, or was, I should say. He's since passed on. But in 95, there I was with my little cassette recorder talking with the various relatives and also talking with her. And I basically said, you know what? I'm going to outlive her. And every reunion after that, I would say the same thing with this this, uh, uh, suffix. But she's making it really hard. Because she's still living. Not that I wanted her to die, mind you, but that my uh-huh. goal is to outlive her. She lived to be 100. Wow. So I've still got 40 years or a lifetime to go. There's a lot I want to do. And I want to make sure that I'm in at least the best health that I can be. I don't want to... I don't want to be debilitated. And I think that's the, the, the biggest key of all is that we automatically start thinking as we get older, we reach 50 or we reach 60 or we reach 70, that this is what's going to happen. I mean, I'm a little surprised that my dad is so short, <laughs> but, you know, he's 89, almost 90. And that's kind of what happens to the physical body. But he's still smart. He's still sharp. I uh, still enjoys life. Yeah, well, my husband's 83, and he says he feels like his ribs sit on his hips. And I'm going, 
well, that's why I eat prunes <laughs> because I don't want to go through my what my mother did and her bones degenerating and her considering kyphoplasty when she was 83. And I'm going, do you really want to put cement in your bones? I don't know. Does it work? <laughs> I mean, isn't I prevention worth, worse than just waiting for something to happen and then have a doctor do surgery on you? Isn't there a Ben Franklin phrase? Prevention is uh, better than, uh, what is it, uh, uh, than cure? Prevention is better than a cure? Something along those lines? Well, that's what I believe. Yeah. And yet our medical community, not quite there. Uh, I know that uh, alternative health and wellness, they're there. Uh, they want to help you to be well, to stay well, to stay healthy. Uh, and um, and that's what we want to do with this program, too. Christy, turn a, turn a be. Oh, my Lord. <clears throat> Hold on just one moment. Christy Turnabeni is my guest, and we are talking about her book, The Two Keys. The Two Keys uh, that you are promoting. Twelve Keys. Is it 12? Where's the one? Twelve Keys. Okay. There are I'm... 12 keys in the chapter. Twelve keys, but it's keys to, uh, to optimal health and so forth that we're talking about here. You have a website. What is that? It's keystobasichealth.com. Keys to Basic Health. That's the title of the book as well. And you have 12 keys. Can we in our uh, following... It's not the number two, though. It's T-O. Okay. Well, it's showing on my cover of my uh, copy, the number two. That's why I got confused. Yeah. Okay. So we'll correct that. So that's keys to optimal health. And we will be back here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We ask you to stay with us. Tell me your stories. I'll do my best to wonder. We are back here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I am here uh, with my special guest here on the program, Christy Turnabeni, and we're talking about uh, her uh, her latest work and the website that we encourage you to go to. Um, and uh, let's talk. Let's start talking about the, the 12 keys, if we can. Can you uh, kind of take a step-by-step -step through these keys? How did, first of all, uh, what was the process that you went through to discover these 12 keys? The process I went through was reading the book, um, Eat Right for Your Type. Okay. And, and, and then from there, discovering that, oh, I can't eat chili anymore because it has tomatoes in it. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. <laughs> uh, tomatoes supposedly are not good for inflammation. Well, they work for blood type O, and lycopene is good for your prostate. But luckily, I don't have a prostate, so <laughs> I don't have to eat them. <laughs> Rats, I do. Um, I know. I also understand. But watermel watermelon is an alternative, I found. My husband, I Googled it, and he said, I don't believe it. And then he Googled it, and yes, there oh. is lycopene in watermelon. Oh, great. Great. So we've got uh, the 12 keys to basic health. It's a, it's a proactive uh, strategies for healthy aging, especially for those with MTHFR. I won't ask you to repeat that uh, as far as what that acronym stands for. The folks can pick up a copy of the book at uh, the keys to basic health.com. Talk to us about these 12 keys. Uh, we've already talked about uh, the, the, the source, so to speak, 
but let's talk about the, 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 these keys that you have found and the benefits that each one of these keys has. And by the way, let me just say before you do that, I like the section of you. But first of all, I like chicken, uh, but I also like turkey, especially if it's cooked right and cooked well. But you have recipes in the back of the book that people can, there's a list of recipes, there's turkey dishes, uh, some fish dishes, salads and dips and breads and muffins and soups. And I uh, just reading this list made me hungry. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, let's, let's talk about these 12 keys. <laughs> let's start with, uh, let's say, number one. The first one that I think is most important that everyone who's in the book actually follows and that is they cut wheat and gluten out of their diet, regardless of whether they were celiac or not. They okay. just cut it out of their diet. Okay. Now, that's uh, something, too. The, the issue of gluten, I, I don't remember growing up ever hearing anything about, or as far as I know, being affected by anything with gluten. Tell me... What what changed in the last what ten or twenty years? I mean, because now I'm seeing, I'm seeing advertisements for foods that never had gluten in them in the first place, and for some reason these companies think it's a a selling point. Uh, it's like uh, on the list of ingredients they'll list, and then uh, well, it'll say gluten free, well, and I've it's a heard, bottle of water. It's a bottle of water. There's never been gluten in water. <laughs> what I've heard on Facebook posts is mm -hmm. that people who go to Europe don't have any problem eating wheat. Okay. And that's because it's overproduced and overprocessed here in the States and they spray it with glyphosate. Now is glyphosate really the problem? Okay. I don't know what that is. Glyphosate is a is a spray that helps the wheat grow faster and mature faster and Okay. Uh, all right, I, I understand. Um yep. So we use that here. We really do do we really need to? Well, it's something that people seem to be very sensitive to. Yeah. Okay. Um so okay, so so that first key is obviously getting those kinds of things out. What about the second key? Or let me let me direct this at you. Which key deals with the issue, and this is huge, especially in this country, uh, dealing with the issue of, I'm going to call them sweeteners, not sugar, but sweeteners. Well, since diabetes runs in my family, and since everyone, well, everyone, everyone who ascribes to this tries to cut sugar out of their diet, mm -hmm. Um. I tried cooking pies with stevia, and it was horrible. <laughs> I tried. So I, I realized that I can only eat it in small quantities. And I haven't tried making anything with monk fruit yet, but I think that's probably the best. Okay. Um, how detrimental to one's health, and again, in relation to this... Uh, uh, MTHFR uh, is processed sugar versus maple syrup versus I don't know if um, if um, oh, now I can't think of what it is a molasses. Um, are you still with me? 
I'm still with you. Okay. I don't know why this. Well, I do cook with um, blackstrap molasses. Mm-hmm. I do. I do not cook with maple syrup anymore. And I do use honey on occasion, but I wiped it out of my diet for a while because it was high in sugar. But I use only a little bit. Um, and I use only a little bit of these sugars. So there's a little bit in the muffins. There's a little bit in my, there's a little bit of honey in the uh, yogurt. Um, there's a little bit of agave in my, my healthy truffle balls. Okay. But is there a really big difference in regards to these different kinds of sugars? Well, um, I like I said, I tried using stevia. I tried using um, Truvia. I tried using um, gluten-free sugars and that. And I, eh, they just don't <laughs> do anything for my digestion okay. except for the real true grains and uh Real natural sugars are the best for me, like the agave, the honey, the blackstrap molasses. Okay. So um, let's go on to another key. Uh, you, you know, let's just keep moving through these. Go right ahead with the next one. You'll have to read them to me. <laughs> well, let's go to number three. I'm, I'm actually okay. sc I'm scrolling through your book here. Uh, trying to locate the list, and um, be that as it may, how about number three, if you've got them in that order, or just just go ahead and go through each one of them, if you will, and we'll we'll uh, talk about them a little bit. Yeah, go ahead and read them to me, because they change every time I talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, while I'm scrolling through here, um, uh, talk to us about the issue of, of stress. Oh, stress. Which everybody seems to be going through today. Yeah, stress impacts our, our, our hungry thing, I think. In my definition, cortisol, especially for blood type A and B, raises our hunger level. So I try not to stress so I don't get hungry. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. Although, at lunchtime. <laughs> if it's lunchtime, oh my goodness. I uh, want to go out and, 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 and do this. Um, I want to uh, ask you a side question here. Is it more important to eat those things that uh, you like, and I don't necessarily mean all processed foods, but um, those things that you like that are healthy and so forth, uh, um, and keep it, literally keep it on that individual basis as opposed to uh, uh, tying into some fad and so forth? Well, um, I, I um, tried to reduce inflammation, and I tried cherries at first. And, of course, being low-carb, I can't do the cherries much. Um, but I did find onions work pretty good, so I eat onions and everything. Okay. I know potatoes uh, are also not a good thing as far as inflammation is concerned. Is inflammation uh, – my theory is every – disease that we deal with has something to do with uh, an area of our body that is inflamed. And when something gets inflamed, it's inflamed both on the outside and the inside. So let's say it's a vessel or what have you, there's compression and that compression isn't good. You don't want to do that. 
Uh, what are your thoughts in regards to inflammation? Well, oh boy, I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to stay out of pain. Here, here. My husband, who is 83, on the other hand, has varicose veins and pains in his legs. And I don't know what will happen when I turn 83, but I'm just thinking that if I eat foods that reduce inflammation like quercetins and allicins and and all those things that help, maybe I can avoid all this down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, it's, <laughs> it is an issue uh, that we all deal with. Uh, and uh, we're trying to, uh, to the best of our ability, uh, just keep, uh, keep moving forward. I know it's not easy for a lot of us uh, because we're dealing with a lot of these things. Remember what I was sharing with you early on as far as the, the, the ni- that 99% of those people, those, uh, unfortunately, those people who had passed in New York who had, the, had supposedly died of COVID. It was actually underlying right. conditions. I have to wonder how many of those conditions had something to do in some way or another with with inflammation. What are your thoughts? I think it does have to do with inflammation. I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the more that our cells are sensitized, the more that you can have leaky gut, uh, maybe even leaky cells that allow pathogens in. It's just my theory. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your feeling or, I don't know, prediction for yourself? Do you feel that you have taken as good a care of your body as you can that you, I guess that maybe let me back that up to a different question related. How long do you want to be around? Well, I want to be around long enough to create a legacy for my children, to create a coaching program for my children so that can it can be evergreen and people can benefit from it and my children can benefit from it. I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more in terms of what you're going to leave your children. What a legacy. Not just for your children, but for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think that these types, and not everybody's going to agree, and that's not the whole point. The whole point is that you put it out there. Is this part of, say, your dream? This is something that you have wanted to do? Or was this, as you kind of phrased it early on, was this a calling? Um, I wanted to be a health coach probably since I started school to learn to become a medical technologist. Um, I chose that field because I didn't think doctors knew everything. And I knew I didn't want to be a nurse, so (laughs) I chose this field, and I learned about antigen-antibody reactions, and I think it's helped me learn what can help other people because it helped my friend, too. Mm. Talk to us about this person who sort of introduced you to this, not so much the author of the book, but this person who introduced you to this whole area uh, talk to us a little bit about her and her experiences as you as you observed. Oh, my mother. My mother kept buying health books. And I was surprised that this book didn't come out till 1996 or 1999. Mm-hmm. So it didn't come out soon enough for her to read it. And I read every book that she bought about menopause and everything. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I look back on that as wanting to know more about aging health. Mm. Talk to us about proteins. This is number three. Proteins. That's what I was talking about when I said um, turkey and lamb <sighs> is probably better than chicken and beef. What about pork? Pork is an avoid for everybody. Avoid that puppy. Well, I've heard it said from a biblical standpoint that there are certain foods, whether they be in the water or on land, that you don't want to eat because those animals are It's surprising scavengers. that this follows. It's surprising that this follows Leviticus 11. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's really surprising. Uh, I know that uh, shellfish and so forth, the different seafoods, you, you want to stay away from because they are scavengers. They're not eating, for example, cattle. They they're they are supposed to eat grass, grasses. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, and now they're feeding them silage and corn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they're not raising the omega-3s in, in beef anymore, yeah. which is important. The importance of uh, nuts and seeds. I'm not a real fan of walnuts. I like almonds, hazelnuts, Brazil nuts, cashews, peanuts, uh, and so forth. Uh, um, so I'm sure, I mean, there's a huge list, obviously, more than what I have listed, uh, of the types of nuts and seeds. Sunflower seeds, uh, pumpkin seeds, I know, too. Um, tell us about your perspective on those those nuts or the most beneficial and the least beneficial nuts and seeds. Well, again, it's not general. I mean, blood type O's can do pumpkin seeds and uh, almonds and walnuts. Um, blood type B's cannot do pumpkin seeds. They're better with Brazil nuts, which, of course, we are not. Um, they're better with Brazil nuts. Um, cashews are not for anybody. They're tree nuts, and I, I can't remember which which guy says don't eat cashews, but I'll agree with him, even mm. though I'll pop a few every once in a while, <laughs> once a year. Once a year, there you go. What yeah. about almonds? The almonds are okay? Almonds, almonds are great. Um, I finally got my husband to eat raw almonds because the blue diamond ones with all the spices on them and salt on them are great, but as we age, we can't tolerate salt that much. So, mm, yeah. Um, here's here's number six having to do with avoiding milk products. That I understand. No carbonation and or nitrates. Drink water. What are your thoughts about drinking distilled water? Oh, my biochemist husband has a very strong feeling about that. No, absolutely do not drink distilled water. Because it has no minerals in it, and it's not, um, it's not hydrating for your body, and you're missing out on a lot of essential minerals that are in water. How does and he doesn't he doesn't like reversed osmos water either with stuff added in. Oh. So I finally found some spring water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I, um, I, I'm also looking here at number seven about managing the acidity of your body become more pH neutral. Now, I know that there's the acidic versus the pH, the, the balance, the pH balance uh, uh, in, in, the, in the physical body. And I know there are waters out there that are supposed to help you to, to balance your pH. First of all, how does one find out what their pH balance is? Um, there are pH balance 
papers available online. Um, I can put them on my website. They're they're expensive though. Okay. Uh, eliminating empty calories and uh, processed foods. Isn't that almost, uh, that's almost a, a redundancy, empty calories and processed foods. Most processed foods don't have, they have no calories. It's just stuff. It's just like No, filling. they don't have nutrients. Nutrients, they have nutrients. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Avoid empty calories, uh, meaning empty calories, meaning no nutrients. Right. Okay. That's that's where I <laughs> I think I need lunch. I think I need to get something to eat. My brain is starting to to to, to curdle. Yeah, here. I'm sorry. It's twelve o'clock there. I'm sorry. That's no, no. That's okay. That's not a problem. Uh, but that's really what it comes down to, as far as the processed foods is. It's just it's just filler. There's nothing there that sustains the body. Am I correct that if you're eating foods filled with nutrients, you won't feel as hungry, and your body will be filled. Faster, so to speak, not filled to capacity, but it will feel fuller because it's getting what it needs. Yes, it will feel very satisfied. Yeah. Well, that's why I try to stay with the old adage of shopping at the ends of the grocery store unless I'm going to a, 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 a health food store. We have one here. Uh, it's sort of uh, it's called uh, Tri-Valley Produce, and they have fresh fruits and vegetables the produce section is about half the store. And this is a small store, bear in mind. They also sell things in bulk and so forth. Well, there is a, a there is a blood there is a body type which is Mediterranean balanced or low fat. Mm-hmm. And those people should eat only twenty percent protein and sixty percent vegetables. Okay. But that's not me. That's not you. Number nine says uh, to get help with respiratory and pain concerns with the COVID virus, which has been described as a respiratory uh, illness, if you will, or virus. That's what it seems to attack the most because, you know, most people who have severe symptoms end up on a respirator. Uh, Talk to us about what we need to do to help to strengthen our respiratory systems as well as to deal with the issues of pain, because there are a lot of people out there who have chronic pain. Well, um, empty calories can cause chronic pain, so that's an issue. Um, um, Anti-inflammatories, like I said, the onions or the cherries help. Um, Adding omega-3s and magnesium from almonds is good. That helps. Um, as far as the lungs, the N-acetylcysteine in the product I recommend is one of the glutathione precursors. So I think helping your glutathione level raise, which helps your mitochondria move, process, function more effectively will help also. The last three, you've talked already, you've talked about reducing stress. That's 10. 11 mm-hmm. has to do with reducing anxiety by finding what your body needs. What are some of the foods, and again, I know this is subjective because it's individual, but in a general sense, what are some of the foods that are better conducive to helping to reduce our anxiety levels? Well, overall, finding out what works for your body best will help your anxiety because you're knowing you're working the best for your body. And, of course, my friend Sally doesn't like almonds. And, like I said, you can soak them like some people do. Mm -hmm. 
and roast them, or you can choose another thing. And she's decided to choose another thing. Okay. Well, um, then the last one here, and let me just get back to my screen. There it is. Uh, Number 12, and I really like this because right now, as you and I are speaking in this conversation, a lot of people are, are, are at home. They're staying at home to stay out of the way so there's not to contract this virus. And it has been said that the one ingredient most people don't get in their lives is enough sleep. And number 12 is restorative sleep. Talk to us about that. Well, restorative sleep. I try to eat my biggest meal of the day at lunch so that I eat less before I have to go to sleep. That helps. Um, that's in the book. But see, these little these little things that I put in there, they're here and there. And you have to read the book to catch them. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and um, also... Raising your glutathione is part of that. So that's important. And um, that's somewhere in the book, too. And so that's why I'm glad I like yogurt, Greek yogurt. And luckily, I can eat whey protein, which I thought I couldn't, but Mm -hmm. I can. So. And you're not a, a big believer in naps throughout the day? Well, I'll tell you this story. We used to travel. I used to get up at nine o'clock, eat something, take a nap at one o'clock, wake up at three, eat something, go to bed at six (laughs) and sleep all night. All I did was sleep because I wasn't feeding my body properly. And we used to take a drive somewhere and I used to sleep all the way across country. Mm. And I couldn't drive anywhere. And eating this way, I just drove myself to Canada and back. I drove myself to Connecticut and back all by myself. 12 hours on the road without falling asleep. Wow. But did you really need to push yourself in that regard? I mean, you do a few hours and stop and rest a little bit. Or were you not fatigued throughout this 12-hour period? Is that because I was not fatigued. And as soon as my eyes started drooping, I would eat. Ah, and it helped. <laughs> well, apparently another element is avoid caffeine. Now, in the case of your 12 hour drive, was caffeine necessary in any way, shape or form? Or do you not Absolutely have caffeine? Absolutely not. Because of MTHFR, I need more folate. OK. And on on the pathway fit test that I have in there, I found out that. Caffeine is not processed by me. Maybe because I have MTHFR, I don't know, but it can also cause non-fatal heart attacks. Ah. So I choose not to get my energy from caffeine. And here's another very important one, especially in the day of screens, and that has to do with reduce or eliminate light levels in your room. And that includes our, uh, our screens, our devices, tablets and phones and televisions and on and on and on. That sometimes uh, they just come on. Uh, you know, I know that when my my wife, she has an hourly news briefing that buzzes her phone three times. The screen lights up, fortunately, within about five seconds of her not responding. 
it goes dark again. Uh, are even these screens a detriment to uh, to our sleep? Well, I've heard this. Um, I just I just have an app on my phone that is a sleep score, and so it just goes dark. Um, but that's what I do, so I don't get all those messages. <laughs> Well, 12 Keys to Basic Health is what we've been talking about. Proactive strategies for healthy aging, especially for those with MTHFR. You're going to get the book and you're going to read about what that is all about. My guest today has been uh, Christy Turnabeni, and we are ta- we've been talking about the work that she's been all about. And uh, keystobasichealth.com is the website. Um, I, I, I greatly appreciate the work that you have done not only to create this book, but to inform people around you and through the Internet, as well as on this program, through this book, through your book, about the 12 keys to basic health. And uh, we really do appreciate the fact that you are there uh, to provide these different uh, options. And I love the fact that you keep emphasizing, uh, and by no means to my consternation, the individuality of all of this. There is no cookie cutter approach. You do not present it in any right. way, shape, or form like that. And you do have a testing process that you have in the book as well, correct? Correct. Uh, and I guess I'd have to go to my physician to have blood drawn, to have my blood tested, to find out what type I am. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure. Oh. Yeah, I'm 60 and I don't know what my blood type is. And thank well, goodness- there's a blood typing kit on, on under um, books and um, tests. Okay. There's a blood typing test there for nine dollars. Oh, you can they they oh you can do it yourself then. Yes. Okay. I will have to look into that. Fantastic. Okay, well, and one other thing I'd yes, like to add. Please. I always thought I needed grains to digest better. Mm-hmm. Oatmeal and muesli and all this. It's not true. Oh. Okay. It's not true. I like oatmeal just the same. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, so fiber in one's diet, uh, because you brought this up as far as the grains, because that's my understanding is that's what help, grains help us to do is to digest stuff. The fiber helps things to keep moving through. That's why they push like muesli. But there's, you fiber in, there's fiber in vegetables. There's fiber in fruits. Yeah, that's right. So, so you don't um, have to worry about And there's about fiber that. in beans. Okay. So Cool. Well, very cool. I encourage people to go to keys2basichealth.com. That is your website. Uh, I thank you once again. And before I let you go, I have three final questions that I'd like to ask you. As I ask all of my guests, and I may you may have addressed them to some degree during the interview, but I'd like to ask them directly. Before I do, I want to let our listeners know that uh, these programs are on at, uh, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We are streaming live. Uh, at those times, as well as the podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, etc. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, I hope that you enjoy the programs that we're bringing your way, especially nowadays when we're looking for answers. And 2020, as I've been promoting it, uh, Christy, is the year of perfect vision, inner vision, going within, finding that still, quiet, calm, peaceful place to relax to get away from all of the negativity that's out there, people moaning and groaning and complaining about what is and what isn't and what we should and shouldn't and on and on and on. And it's like, we've got to escape that. And to listen to that still small voice for guidance through our daily, daily lives. You want to do it hourly? 
even better. Uh, and I encourage people to do that during this particular year, 2020, the year of perfect vision. But even through the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision, we're not just stopping here. We're going all the way to 2029 uh, and then beyond. We'll figure out what we'll call the 30s, but uh, we'll wait till we get there. Uh, Christy, first of all, question number one. Who is Christy Turnabeny? Who is Christy Turnabeny? She is a person who grew into what she wanted to be, trying to help others make it through their middle ages and, and on beyond and beyond so they can feel better, have more fun, do the things they need to do, and um, create a legacy for her children. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I really want to help people feel better. I want to feel help people move better, feel less pain and digest better so that their cells can function better. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is this book to help people and my coaching program to help people not give up because there were times when it was tough and I thought, well, I need to figure this out so I can help people. Christy, again, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a delight to have you on the program and I I want to say I wish you much success, but that's not quite the word I want. I wish you excellent health, you and your husband, uh, continued excellent health to live as many years as you want to. You already know I've got another 40 to go, so we may be in contact somewhere down the road again to to see where you are and your husband is and, and how life is for you uh, in um, the post, and there will be a post, folks, post-COVID-19 era. Uh, and that will be, I don't know that I want to say it will be an exciting time, but it will be a different time. And we're excited about the changes. We're excited about the opportunities that this period of time has brought us. And, um, it, you know, it's uh, it's brought out, for some, it's brought out the best in people. And it's just incredible to see what people are creating today. And again, I thank you, Christy, for joining us and, and sharing well, your you. best with us. It was just a coincidence that this appeared at this time, and I think it's in God's timing. Thank you. Absolutely. I will uh, amend that by saying that I don't believe in coincidences. I do believe in coincidences, things that coincide. They happen together for a reason, even whether we know what it is, and we just we just do our part. And that's what we're here to do here on Tell Me Your Stories, just to do our part. And thank you for doing your part. And thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And in our, until our next broadcast podcast, love to love.